0: Ladies and gentlemen, welcome once again to the PackerNet Podcast. I am your host and resident finalist as always, Ryan Schlipp. Check us out online, packernet.com. Find me on Twitter, pack underscore daddy. And no, that's not the new theme song. I just don't know where I put my hard drive and I don't know my Dropbox login because I am just an absolute wreck right now. But it is fantastic to be back. It's a little bit of a late start, but uh, I had to try to juggle between watching the next Marvel movie with the kid, and doing the podcast. I could have just went with doing both normally and getting three hours of sleep, but I decided to, to give myself a couple extra hours, so here we are. As far as why that particular song, I don't know. I was just going through a bunch of different songs and whatnot, and this one just kind of has my flavor. You know what I mean? Because I think the theme of this show really is, I do what I want. And that song just really embodies the I just do whatever I want mantra. So, so I've mentioned this several times, um, but I don't know what the title of this podcast is going to be usually by this point. But I have an idea and I have a feeling a lot of people are showing up because it's going to be a real clickbaity title. But I wanted to start off my uh, welcome back with a little bit of a bang. Now, there's a massive caveat, but, uh, you know, you got to get to the show to find out the caveat. So, I had somebody reach out yesterday, and I'm going to omit several names here. And the caveat is, I've had at least two other instances of, quote-unquote, inside sources. And I think in both cases, they came up kind of bunk. Now, this one's a little bit different. I had, for example, somebody else say I work with a guy who says he's got a source who says that the Packers really like so-and-so of Ohio State during the draft or whatever. And it's some guy working with one. You know how sometimes there's those guys that they tell you ridiculous stuff and they just lie a lot, you know? Every once in a while you meet that guy, it's like, I feel like everything you say is a lie. Now, this one is a little bit more different and a little bit more specific. Now, I don't know the person who sent me this message real well, so it could be that uh, this person is just a complete wacko liar. I don't know. No offense. I'll, I'll call you uh, Bob. It's not his name, but we'll go with Bob. But assuming that isn't the case, this is a much more direct thing. For example, the, the, the ties here are, quote, my best friend's dad's neighbor. Now, that's, that is several degrees, but if you think about each individual degree, there's not a lot that's going to lie. I mean, think about your best friend. He tells you that his dad is neighbors with so-and-so, and and that they hang out. Now, I know if my best friend were talking to me and said, Dude, my dad is neighbors with, let's just say, Gutekunst, because that's not who we're talking about, I don't think I would be like, Dude, you're lying. Maybe you would, but my best friend or friends wouldn't just flat-out lie about that. But that's what we're talking about. So this person is very close with somebody whose dad is neighbors with, let's just say, well, as he put it before I squeezed him for the actual name, which I will omit, he said a high-ranking front office scout guy, which that is a very um, polite way to put it. Possibly demeaning, because <laughs> it's, it's true. And while there is some inside information about Rogers, which is the most clickbaity part about this, that's not actually my most, it's not my favorite part of all this. But let's get that out of the way first. For those of you that just can't get enough Aaron Rodgers uh, gossip and whatnot, we'll get that out of the way and then we'll move on. But according to this front office person, their perception, and again, this is perception, not we know the situation, it's we think that this is what's going on. In other words, the people at the top of the Green Bay organization recognize that there's a problem and they believe the root of the problem is Shailene. Now, obviously, Aaron Rodgers has had issues for a while. However, it's never really come to this. And and as several people have pointed out, it's kind of strange... If you look back over the years, Rodgers' frustration comes from losing. Let's be completely honest about that. He was mad at Mike McCarthy because Mike McCarthy wasn't doing good enough. He thought he was smarter, he could call better plays, et cetera, et cetera. He was mad that the team wasn't good enough, the defense wasn't good enough, the weapons weren't good enough, the run game wasn't good enough. Whatever it is, Aaron Rodgers has always just wanted to win. Last year, the Packers went to the NFC Championship game. He was loaded with weapons, and they had the number one offense in football, and he was the league MVP. For this to be his moment to just jump up and say, I don't want to be here anymore, it's a little weird. I'm not saying it's all fake and that he has, you know, he, he doesn't have some legitimate gripes. But I will say this is a little out of character. Not necessarily him being upset, but things going well and him being upset. So I know a lot of people get mad when you start blaming the girlfriends or whatever. I don't care. It, it's I'm just giving you the information. Went on to say that she does not like Green Bay and wants him out of there. Again, I don't know. And, and it, even if that's not the case, this is, again, just their perception. Maybe they are wrong, but again, it makes sense. This is a very different situation, even though it seems similar, because, again, he's been kind of, at at times, been upset. But really think back to all the times that he's genuinely been upset. I mean, yeah, he was upset about Kumaro, but again, that kind of goes back to his weapons. Which, you know, again, I don't want Rodgers to be the GM for a reason. They went out and got... Uh, You know, Martellus Bennett and and Jimmy Graham because that's what Rodgers wanted. And they got rid of Kumaro despite Rodgers pleading for him to stay. So, again, I'm not interested in all that. But, again, at the core, I think it has to do with I have a good chemistry with Kumaro. He's a good teammate. He's all these right things. I think we need him and then we get rid of him because Rodgers isn't the GM. I'm also not going to get into specifics because then people are really going to get upset. And it's, again, because it's... If it was like concrete, like I knew for sure that he sent me a video, I might tell you. But let's just leave it at they've observed a change in him over the last 15 months. And no, it doesn't have to do with... I mean, it it probably does, but I mean, the the information isn't. It's just, it's Rogers doing weird things, and I'll omit what those weird things are. So again, we'll we'll see what this all comes down to. I don't know if you're staying or going. I'm still largely on the side of he's not going to be traded um, if he on whether or not he's going to play or whether he's going to um, just quote unquote sit out not that he'll be on the sideline obviously but sit out we did have Devonte kind of comment on a couple of things and he used the phrase when he comes back i don't know if that's just his way of phrasing it because he's being optimistic or if he just genuinely feels that way i don't know but again I'm not trying to rehash all that. It is what it is. We've been around this several times. I just wanted to give you that piece. And again, that's not even my favorite part about all this. And I just realized I can't give you a piece of the information because then I will be telling you who this person is. <laughs> but that's fine. We'll, we'll cut it a little bit short. There's, other, there's two other bits of information. Uh, number one, we actually already knew. Kind of. So you could take it as confirmation. You could also take it as he just listens to these interviews and whatever. But he said, Gutekunst wanted to draft Amari Rodgers in the second round, but this particular individual is the one that said, no, don't do it, because Myers, there's zero chance he's going to be there in the third, Amari might. And as far as the two Badgers offensive linemen, they said they really, really just love that offensive line. They said Cole Van Lanen I believe that's who he's referring to, he said Wisconsin offensive lineman, we got two of them, but he said a couple years ago, Cole would have been a second round pick. So he's an absolute stud. They were able to steal him in the six. Not saying he's currently valued at that, but if he had been in the draft two years ago, which actually checks out, which is funny because again, if this is a fake source, this guy did his homework. I'm just looking up Cole Van Lannon on PFF. He's been in in college for four years. Two years ago, so 2019, 2018, he was ranked. He had a 90.8 overall grade, by far his best year. In fact, if we go back to 2018 and look at, for example, run blocking. Cole Van Landon was number one, and I'm not even, uh, you know, filtering this by number of snaps. So guys that played one snap and were dominant still not above Cole Van Landon. Literally out of 628 tackles in all of college football in 2018, Cole Van Landon was number one. So yeah, that checks out. That he would have been a, at least a second round pick if he had come out, which he couldn't have because it was only his second year in college. But um, if he had come out after 2018 second-round value. And then the final thing that apparently these two fine gentlemen were discussing, and I'll admit, this one's probably the the iffiest of all the information, but apparently Eric Stokes was seventh on their big board. Now, this is iffy for a couple reasons. Number one, these guys are super protective of their information. Maybe not as much after the draft as during the draft, but I don't know if high-ranking guys are going to be talking to their neighbors about their big boards. Secondly, if this guy's seventh on their board, I don't think they're going to wait. They're going to trade up real high to get him. Like, when he gets to 15, they're starting to make phone calls. They let him fall all the way to 29. They didn't even try to get up to, like, 26. But I will say this. You know, there's a lot of concern about um, Eric Stokes, largely because the Packers have taken a lot of swings at cornerback, especially early ones, and it hasn't really worked out all that well. But we got to keep in mind that... uh, Gutekunst hasn't been at the helm forever, and the idea that, well, the Packers as an organization aren't very good at it, you know, I, I guess I get it because there's a similar philosophy to it, but Gudekunst isn't Ted Thompson. And again, when Gutekunst was hired, uh, Mark Murphy had them all turn in their notebooks with everything that they had on their draft picks because Mark Murphy said, I want the best drafters to be, the best drafter to be our GM. And he was heads and tails above everybody else. Because obviously when you get into the draft, Ted Thompson's the one that makes the final decision. But you got uh, Elliot Wolfe was in there. You got a bunch of other guys that are banging the table for different individuals. Gutekunst, though, was heads and tails above everybody else. He's a great talent evaluator. On top of that, and, and I keep forgetting this as well, we, we also brought in that uh, Milt guy. Now, Baltimore has done a great job evaluating especially defensive talent. He was here in 2019. That was the year we got Rashawn Gary. That was the year we got Darnell Savage. That was the year that we got Kingsley Kiki. Um, the fact that we got the one of the only good linebackers in 2020 in Kamal Martin in the fifth round. I mean, the Packers haven't even drafted a ton of defensive talent. And the hit rate is pretty out of control. I mean, we don't know what we got in Kingsley yet, obviously. But again, that's a fifth round pick. As far as early picks, we've only had two, Rashawn and, and Savage. Otherwise, in the first three rounds, it was Elton Jenkins, Jay Sternberger, Jordan Love, A.J. Dillon, and Josiah Deguara. Even this year, Josh Myers and Amari Rodgers, which again is hilarious that the Packers, they just keep getting these defensive guys. They don't do anything to to help out their quarterback. Really? (laughs) We're still just drafting all offense all the time. Maybe not first round picks necessarily, but the point is when you take a swing, make sure it sticks, make sure it hits. And I think they've done a real good job of that we are still got to see exactly what Rashawn is, but he's, he's a better player than he gets credit for. He did take a step in the right direction, especially how he ended last year. He was looking real good. From, from just a pure pressure perspective, he's already a very good football player, not a very well-rounded football player. He's obviously missing a lot of things, and he, he's not great on a play-to-play basis, but in just true raw numbers, he's one of the better pressure guys in football right now. So I'm, I'm feeling fairly confident in Eric Stokes. There's been nothing but good reviews coming out of camp so far. Very excited to see what happens. But again, just going through, you know, 2018 maybe was a little bit rough, but that was, that was Gudekun's first year. And again, he didn't have a full year. He didn't have a full staff. He had nothing. Granted, he had been working that whole time, and so he had kind of some things worked out. But this was his first year, and he had a couple months to prepare his own draft, his own team, and his own system. And even in that year, they had Jair. Still got MVS. Still got J.K. Scott. Right? Other than that, not great. But, again, the next year, Rashawn, Savage, Elton Jenkins are our first three picks. Jace doesn't seem like it's going real good, but we'll see. I'm willing to give him one more year. Kingsley, we'll see. Kadar, we haven't really seen much yet. We'll see what that is. Dexter might have a, a an actual opportunity this year to do something as the number three. Although, I will say, Kylan Hill... Um, There's a lot of buzz about Kylan Hill. I mean, listen, the the draft media people don't really respect the Green Bay Packers very much, which is weird because they always used to, but I just think they've hated their most recent draft stuff. You know, you got to go wide receiver, and they draft a quarterback, so now everybody thinks you're a goof and you're a loser. And again, when it comes to at least NFL media, one thing I've noticed is that they have a real hard time letting stuff go. They don't change their mind very quickly. They change their minds very slowly. So it's going to take some time for them to change things. But I will say this was a different draft. And although a lot of these things, like Eric Stokes wasn't a big hit, Josh Myers wasn't a big hit, several people have hailed Amari Rodgers as one of the better picks in this draft. And, And I have seen almost unanimous support for Kylan Hill as a massive steal. So either way, it's going to be a lot of fun. I hope all four of those guys make it. Obviously, our top two are already set in stone, but if we can keep Dexter and Kylan Hill, maybe Kylan's not quite ready and we get to see some some Dexter. Plus, again, Dexter's the only Packer or even football player that's ever responded to me, <laughs> ever. And so um, I'm borderline ready to get my my first official jersey and get a Dexter Williams. So he's, he's got to make the team, and then i got to go make his mac and cheese and then uh, we'll we'll see where it goes from there. But I'm 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 holding out hope that uh, Dexter makes some strides here. But no, I, I you know, and again, a lot of people still are, are very mad at Utica. And and listen, we'll see what happens because you can go either way. I mean, you, you can put a negative spin on this. 2018, as I said, wasn't great, but Jair was a hit. 2019, we basically have Savage who had a half of a good year. So we'll see. It's it's not it's not like we've never seen guys have one good year and then fall off. Right? I've been ragging on the Bears' safety for years because he had one good year, and I love making Bears fans aware of that. It's one of those things they refuse to admit, but after like two or three years, they start to be like, all right, maybe there's some truth to it, but shut up anyways. But, you know, we, we got to see Savage a little bit more. Elton's pretty well established as a good offensive lineman, especially versatile. Jace seems like a bust. Kingsley hasn't proven anything. Kadar, Dexter, Ty, proven nothing. Jordan Love, we don't know anything. A.J. Dillon, we still don't really know anything, even though I'm pretty confident in him being quite good. Uh, Josiah, we've seen nothing. Kamal can't even win the starting job. Uh, John Runyon, you know, possibly starter caliber, we don't know. Simon Stepniak, Jan- Jake Hansen, we haven't seen. Vernon, we haven't seen. Jonathan, we haven't seen. And then the 2021 class, we haven't seen. So you can spin it either way, depending on if you're an optimist or a pessimist. Again, I think most pessimists refuse to look at other draft, drafts by other teams. But I will say this. I think for everybody, for um, optimists, pessimists, for NFL media, for and other NFL fan bases, the 2021 draft and the 2020 draft are going to make a big difference, right? So 2020, what does A.J. Dillon look like? What does Josiah DeGuara look like? You know, if Darnell Savage can repeat, if Rashawn can break out, if Elton kind of gets a bigger name for himself, if these things start to... See, because there's several different ways of looking at things. Elton's good, but most people don't know it. Rashawn is is quite good, but people don't know about it. And if he can really start to stack up those numbers, again, he's good in terms of percentage, but he doesn't get opportunities. If you give him the opportunities, the raw numbers go up, and then he's going to get some visibility. So visibility is an issue for guys that are good and people don't know it. Even Darnell, people don't really know. Right, AJ Dillon hasn't really been given the opportunities. Josiah hasn't been given the opportunity. A lot of these guys just don't get opportunities either. Again, Rashawn is kind of that way. But but Rashawn, again, he's got the numbers. He just doesn't have the opportunities. AJ Dillon, he doesn't have anything. He's had a couple really good games, which he's only played a couple games. But we don't even know yet. So it's actually a lot of guys are kind of similar to Jair, where we knew the guy was a, was special, and a couple other guys did too. I forget one of the guys at PFF wrote an article in 2019 about how he might be the next great cornerback, and he was a year early. And then in 2020, obviously, he blows up. He is the best. So for those people that were patient with Jair, it paid off. And I'm trying to tell the pessimists, you might want to be patient with guys like Rashawn. You might want to be patient with guys like A.J. Dillon. I'm I'm a huge fan of Josiah, not even because I think he's necessarily a special tight end. It's just when you take what he does well, and you take this offense, it's very hard for him to fail as long as he, he's, he's healthy on the field and doing what he's being asked. Because remember, he's the sneaky guy. If he can just execute his blocks so that he's not a liability on the field consistently, I see him absolutely as a as a relatively big piece on this offense. Now, he's got a lot to do because he's, he's going to be playing fullback, so he's got a lead block for guys. He's going to be playing in line, so he's got to be able to block off the edge. And he's got to be able to run routes, understand routes, understand line calls. You know, we heard from Coach Hahn um, basically saying that the Packers or, or Matt LaFleur believes that this is the second most complex position to understand. So there's a lot to it. But the point is, if he can do his job, no question in my mind, he's going to be a big impact guy. Now, there's so many different directions you can go, and that's another problem with the Packers. It kind of always has been is if 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 the casuals only look at raw numbers, nobody's going to ever know Josiah DeGuarra. The only guy that's really ever been massive in terms of, I shouldn't say ever, but like in terms of being a number one is Devontae. And a lot of that is because it's not Devontae and Cobb and Jones and, 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 and. That's why if you ever played fantasy football, you know that back in the day, outside of Aaron Rodgers, you generally didn't really take very many Packers people, right? Aaron Rodgers, you probably didn't take because he went too early maybe you would take Jordy, maybe you would take Randall, but the problem with them is, you know, especially in certain years, they would distribute so much. You know, back in the day when they had five real good receivers, you had no idea. I mean, you would have games where a guy would get you 30 points. You'd have games where the guy would get you four because they just didn't go to him that game. They went to all the other guys. And that doesn't mean those guys weren't amazing. It's just, it was just the DNA of the team. And again, I think that's that's what makes the team special, it isn't? Because they have one stud. It's just because they got a bunch of guys that can just do a bunch of different things. And we even saw that last year. You had one game where Devontae would take over. You had another game where Aaron Jones would take over. You had another game where it was Tunyon that took over. You'd have a game where Lazard took over. So again, you don't want these guys in fantasy, but you absolutely want them on your team. And so, look, I, I, I just think that uh, I think that this is probably going to be a big year in terms of it's going to go in one direction or another. I think either we're going to really discover that Brian Gutekunst knows what he's doing, and let's be honest, Aaron Rodgers staying or leaving is probably going to impact that. Because even if some of these guys do really well, if the Packers don't do well, Gutekunst isn't going to get any credit. right? He's the, the dummy that allowed Rodgers to leave and the whole thing fell apart, and so there's still going to be that rift among Packer fans and the people who say they love the Packers but do nothing but talk trash about the Packers and uh, the national media who doesn't like the Packers because they're not winning, and Packer fans who are like, dude, there's a lot of good players on this team. Um, But if they come back and they're winning a lot, and a lot of these guys stand out, and again, there's a lot of reason to believe that several people will. We already have Jair. We already have Darnell. We already have Elton. We have to assume Rashawn is going to take a bigger slice of the pie, which... And here's the other thing. Even if he's not doing well as far as PFF, and maybe he... I think he's a great candidate for somebody that gets overhyped in 2021. I think there might be a big, massive switch even on this show where everybody talks about how great he is, and it's like, all right, I mean, let, let me at least give you some of the the, the negative here. <laughs> because I think he's he is a stats guy. He is that guy that's probably going to miss a bunch of tackles. He's going to maybe struggle on a lot of different plays, but he's also going to be the guy that gets 16 sacks in a season and 84 pressures because he's just a pressure machine. But with so many guys... Likely going to have a a larger role. It's not even about good or bad. It's just, you know, we've seen so many guys being held back that are going to be unleashed. Rashawn Gary has to start taking a bigger role. Savage already has a big role. Elton has a big role. Um, Assuming Josiah doesn't get hurt, he's going to have a big role. A.J. Dillon's going to have a massive role. Eric Stokes is going to have a big role. Josh Myers is going to have a big role. Amari Rogers is going to have a big role. Royce Newman might have a big role. Uh, T.J. Slayton has a potential for a role. Shamar Gene Charles has a potential for a role. So there's a lot of other guys. Kylan Hill might be a guy. And even if he doesn't, that means Dexter, who was another draft pick for, for Brian Gutekunst. So all these guys, and, and and look, this is part of the reason why you draft for the future and not for now, because eventually you get to this point where it's like, all right, guys, we need you. Right? If we hadn't been drafting for the future this whole time, we wouldn't have this just pile of guys. where are all of a sudden it's like, man, what are we going to do? We don't have this. We don't have this. We don't have this. Oh, we've been drafting for this forever. You know, Zedarius is getting expensive and Preston is on the way out. What are we going to do? Oh, we got Rashawn Gary back in 2019. Our offensive line is starting to get real thin. What are we going to do? Well, we drafted Elton back in 2019. We got John Runyon back in 2020 who's got a year under his belt now and we just drafted Josh Myers in 2021. We've had a steady stream of guys coming in over the years on top of Jake Hansen, Simon Stepniak, Royce Newman, Cole Van Lannen, right? Uh, Aaron Rodgers is is forcing his way out. What are we going to do? Well, we drafted Jordan Love in 2020 just in case. So, it's going to be I think it's going to be a big year. And I and I am optimistic because again, I, I we've seen these guys do a really good job of bringing in talent and again as far as um, the other interesting thing is early round talent and I've mentioned this before but you know Ted Thompson really struggled in the early rounds but you get him in the third round well second round wide receivers obviously he was an ace but you get him in the third round fourth round fifth round he was so good at that mid-round talent he just couldn't hit on a first round pick he struggled with that you look at uh, Brian Gutekunst though Jair Alexander, Rashawn Gary We don't know about Jordan Love. Darnell Savage, second round, Elton Jenkins, A.J. Dillon, we got Josh Myers. I just think they do a good job in the early rounds, which is also why I'm optimistic about Jordan Love, which is also why I'm optimistic about Eric Stokes. Nobody's perfect. There's there's no absolute formula, no matter how good of an evaluator you are in projecting how good a player is going to be. Everybody's susceptible to bust players. Everybody. You're not going to find a single guy that was a GM that drafted and didn't miss. Whether that's first round, second round, third round, every round they they drafted, they likely have drafted early, and they likely have missed early. But if you're real good at what you do, it really helps your chances. And I think the Packers are really good at what they do. And I'm just, I'm just excited to see some of these guys really take a larger role. And I think it, it is time. And again, the good thing about staggering this is that you got different degrees of, of readiness and talent. Jair's going into year four. Rashawn and Darnell going into year three. And Elton. A.J. Dillon ready to take a step in year two. And a bunch of rookies that probably are going to have to step up. Again, Stokes, Myers, and Rodgers 100% are playing. Royce has a real good shot. To Daryl Slayton, you know, unless he's just terrible, he's going to have a role. So it's all just, it's like it's converging. Everything's coming together in the 2021 season, which is really why it would be great if Rodgers didn't just leave. I know I'm not, haven't been super happy with him, but it feels like everything's coming together. We just need a quarterback. And that's not because I don't have faith in Jordan Love at some point, but the idea that Jordan Love can come in and do what Aaron Rodgers can do this year, fully understanding that Aaron Rodgers will not win MVP back-to-back years, it does feel like, man, there's a real good shot if, if Rodgers can just give this another year. But if not, that's fine. We got the coach. We got the GM. If Jordan Love can do it and can learn and can grow and can be a good quarterback, I think we can be a good team for a long... I'm, I'm happy either way. I'm going to cheer either way. I'm going to be excited either way. I, I, I just can't wait for football to start. I really can't. It's going to be a lot of fun, and I'm really looking forward to it. Anyways, we got to take a break. Big shout out to Mr. David Hofstead, as well as Mr. Wombat Mode for upping his pledge on Patreon. Thank you guys very much for your support. I know I've been gone... Um, but it's great to see most of you guys, we did have one person leave, but everybody else stuck around and we had two more people, well, one more person jump on. We are still doing the, uh, the giveaway. Obviously we're, we're slowing down quite a bit, but 71 patrons away. And we're talking about giving away Packers tickets. We're talking about giving away some really, really cool stuff. So please consider that you can join for as little as a dollar a month over at patreon.com forward slash pack underscore daddy. I'm also in the process of setting up a uh, little charity. It's not mine personally, but it is something I want to keep going regularly. Just having something, having a way for us as a Packers community to be able to give back. I've done it once before. I just, I haven't done it um, enough. It's always a good thing because there's a lot of us to be able to do some good. And um, there's uh, one of the barbecue guys that I saw is running a charity. They also are giving away prizes for people who are uh, you know, some of the top donors, but... I don't expect to be one of the top donors, but I, I did think, you know what? I've been thinking about this for a while. This would be a good and easy because I can just go through him and his, his charity. But uh, anyways, I'm going to get that set up. We're going to run through that and see if we can raise some money to help some people. And then when that one's done, we'll have another one ready to go. By the way, any suggestions you have, uh, because that runs through September, I think, for some good charity organizations or whatever that we can do, whether it's something that a player is doing or, or whatever, just let me know, and we'll try to get that set up. Anyways, that's arenaclub.com slash packdaddy for 10% off your first purchase. So for those of you that heard the interview I did yesterday on my own show, compliments of Mr. J.J. Leahy, um, there was a comment made by me that I, I'm i not even a big fan of the whole pack daddy thing. I thought it was kind of cool, you know, kind of like Mac Daddy or whatever, but it's pack daddy. It's, it's just It's just a thing. Anyways, it got weird over the years, but I don't know how to walk away from it. Nathan, in the Facebook group, decided to run a poll. The one thing that I've learned is most people agree they don't really like Pac-Daddy. <laughs> there were, however, three votes um, for Pac-Daddy to stay. Billy said, uh, just go with your name, no need to change it. Andy and Nathan said, German kid. Which, I, I, I'll be honest, I am kind of mad that I didn't go with, uh, with GK. I've been GK since forever. It wouldn't have really made any sense, but I think anything I do going forward, GK is going to be a part of it. Four votes for resident fanalist. Six votes, for some reason, for slippery nipple. I don't. I have no idea what that even means. Shame on all six of you. Nine votes for head cheese, which, that works. 24 votes for the Lambo Rambo. There's no the, but I, I felt like if, I, if you put that in there, really just you know, turn the knife... Lambo Rambo. How would how would that work? Ladies and gentlemen, welcome once again to the PackerNet Podcast. I am your host. I don't even say, I, it's just, see, and that's the thing. Can you change your Twitter thing? I don't think you can. I have to start over on Twitter. I couldn't care any less about Twitter. It's so bogged down with stupid stuff. I'll just start a new one. I don't care. I kind of would rather anyways, you know. I can just hear everybody, especially JJ, like, you idiot, don't you dare. <laughs> I don't know. I'm weird that way. It's like, I don't care. I'll start over. I don't get attached to stuff very easily. Check us out online packernet.com. Find me on Twitter lambo rambo at lambo rambo. I think it works. I mean, I would I would say it wrong because I've done literally eleven hundred episodes um, saying pack underscore daddy. Plus, instead of hanging on to the pack underscore daddy, it would be lambo rambo, and that's easier to hang on to. You know, the the vowel as opposed to a y, especially when you are not trying you are not trying to say daddy. It's like dad day but it's just, it's weird, you know? Lambo Rambo. I just, I dig it, man. I kind of do. I mean, it's stupid. It's real stupid, but I kind of like stupid. And like, Pack Daddy is stupid, but it's kind of weird and creepy. And I'm not into weird and creepy. I used to be in college. I was all about being creepy. I thought it was hilarious. And some people were into it. Strangely enough, that was kind of all college was. Like, I'm just gonna do something stupid and see how it goes. And it's like that, that went fine. I guess I'll just just keep pushing the envelope and see where we can go with this. And uh, turns out there were no depths of uh, weird shame, uh, whatever you can come up with. It just you just keep going and nobody cares. So um, don't if you're if you're at that point in your life where it's like let's just see how far I can take this. Probably just stop and turn around because <laughs> there's no end. And then you're lost and you'll never find your way home. What are we talking about? Um, I don't know, man. I mean, it's Packernet podcast. I'm not talking about changing the name of the podcast. You know, I don't know. I'm kind of digging it. I'm, plus, it's you know, it's a new house, new office. Gotta get, gonna revamp the the YouTubes. Feels right. The only issue with Lambo Rambo, as opposed to say G.K., is that it's very Packer specific. So if I happen to go into something else, whether, you know, YouTube doesn't work, because it's not just Packer specific, anything food related, not saying I'm going down that avenue, I'm just not saying that I'm not. Lambo Rambo doesn't work. It's also wildly stupid to be like, hey, I'm I'm Rambo, and I'm going to make beef ribs like Rambo would with camo and a machete and a rocket launcher. Actually, it would be a sweet video, but anyways, like you wouldn't watch it. I mean, I'd have a shirt on that would be different, so you wouldn't have to worry about that, but rocket launcher? Cutting up some beef rib with a with a machete? Cook it with a flamethrower? I don't know. Anyways, uh, continue to give your thoughts on that while I continue to ponder what I feel like doing with that particular situation. Anyways, I'm uh, going to go ahead and hijack a couple of these questions that uh, JJ asked for, especially the ones that people didn't realize were JJ instead of me. But Mike says, I know you enjoy the Civilization games. By the way, and I forget who mentioned this, so sorry, just, you guys got to keep messaging me stuff because I'm going to forget who said it and where it was said. Was it Twitter, Facebook, whatever? Somebody had mentioned it would be fun if we had like a Saturday night Civ kind of group thing. I do think that would be fun. Something to explore. Think it over. If you're interested, message me. We'll see if we can work something out. Tomorrow is Saturday, by the way. What other turn-based or RTS games do you, or do you, did you, or do you play? Uh the biggest one that I really, really like, and I think it's kind of gone downhill. Even though obviously the graphics and the storylines and the the factions and all that have gotten much better, the game itself is less enjoyable. Is Total War, and interestingly enough, I'd actually played. I think the first Total War game before I knew anything about it. This was one of those things where I got it on a disc. You know, I. Uh, Loaded it up on a computer that was using dial-up internet. I mean, we're talking like 1997, probably. But it was called Shogun. And man, it, I mean, it was it was game-changing because they didn't really have stuff like that where basically what it is is you're playing a board game. But then when you decide to go to battle, it zooms in and it's not a turn-based game anymore. You're controlling an army. So it's a lot of fun. I would say it peaked somewhere around like uh, Empire Total War. I think a lot of these other ones, like Warhammer, it's really cool because of all the different stuff you can do, but um, and all the factions and all the graphics obviously are unbelievable. I just don't enjoy it as much. I don't really know why. I think it's just the gameplay has changed, and I don't really like the way that it's changed. So yeah, I think for me, and, and some of the older ones, like I can't really get over the graphics, but like the original Rome Total War is amazing. It's a lot of fun. And again, I fully understand JJ answered some of these already, but I'm still going to go ahead and take some. So Gerard says, if Rodgers is back for training camp, who is our starting quarterback for preseason games? And if Rodgers starts the regular season, does Love see any game time at all? I'm talking in blowout games. So our starting quarterback for preseason games is going to almost exclusively be Jordan Love. I mean, you're going to have the other guys playing, but it's going to be a lot of Jordan Love. There's going to be like a dash of Rodgers. And even at that, with things being as sensitive as they are, especially with Rodgers being very, you know, I don't want to have to do stuff. They may just to appease him be like, you don't have to do preseason. I don't care. And if he does it, again, it's going to be very, very little. As far as regular season, will he be out there in blowouts? Yeah. He'll be out there to take knees. Um, maybe if we're up like 40 to, to 14 and, and with six minutes left in the fourth, he'll go out and play a couple snaps. But, I mean, really, the excitement we're going to have is going to be the preseason. That's when we're going to be able to see Jordan Love. That's when we're going to be able to really just... And I've said it before. I'm, I'm so excited. I'm always excited for preseason. But this is going to be the best preseason ever. Because, again, there's a lot of guys that we just haven't been able to see a lot of. So a lot of our backups are guys that we really want to play but just haven't been given an opportunity yet. So, again, going back through that list, first of all, lots of rookies. Stokes is going to get a lot of time. Myers is going to get a lot of time. Rodgers, Amari is going to get a lot of time. Royce, Slayton, uh, Shamar, Cole Van Lannon, Isaiah McDuffie, Kylan Hill. You're going to see a lot of Jordan Love. Um... Probably a decent amount of Josiah because he's going to need some work. Kamal is not really our number one. He's probably maybe our number two. But even so, I mean, we don't have a ton of guys. Uh, Runyon, Hanson, Stepniak, probably going to see a good amount of. Um, Kingsley, probably a good amount. Kadar, Dexter. So, yeah, I mean, even when we're we're not running our number ones, it's still a group of guys that we kind of want to be number ones that we're hopeful can be just dominant. And so... um, Yeah, I think it's going to be a lot of fun to watch. I want to pick up on uh, Idan's question here. He says, given the mass media often rips on the Packers for not having an owner, how does that really potentially affect the franchise's ability to compete over time? I'm just going to kind of stop it there. I've had a lot of questions given to me personally and and otherwise about an owner. I had somebody reach out and say, could they possibly be uh, bought? In other words, can somebody swoop in and buy the Packers so that we finally have an owner? I've kind of touched on it before. I don't want an owner. I don't know where this perception is, and I, I think it comes from ESPN and those those guys, but I don't understand the idea that, are, that an owner makes us better. I just don't get it. An owner is not beholden to anyone. An owner doesn't have to care about anything. We have multiple examples of owners just being reckless with their own team because they're basically billionaires that use it as like a party favor, right? They're, they're out drinking and doing doing whatever it is they're doing and having fun. They've got other interests, right? The Fords are are bringing in guys from Ford to help them run the football team because it's an afterthought. The uh, the Buffalo Bills owners, they basically put their daughter in charge to run the Bills and what is it, the Sabers, the hockey team? Like she just kind of just does both of them. Like it's it's an afterthought. This is a this is a part of their portfolio. We have a guy who is a football guy that is in charge of of doing nothing other than, than running this team. He also is salary. So, for example, if you have an owner that wants an infusion of cash, maybe you go out and draft somebody like Johnny Football. Maybe you go out and get this big splash thing. Why? Because you're going to get a lot more television revenue. You're going to sell a lot of jerseys. You're going to put a lot of butts in the seats. You're going to make a bunch of cash. That doesn't impact Mark Murphy. What Mark Murphy gets paid to do is make sure the Packers win. That's how he earns a salary. He doesn't get a massive bump if they go out and get some ridiculous player. He's not trying to win political favors with anybody. He's not trying to get a bump for his business, right? Working backdoor deals for, for some box seats. They're not like the Bengals where all we want is playoffs because then we're good enough, we're making plenty of money. I don't actually care. This is not an afterthought. It's what they do. It's all they do. I just, I don't get the owner thing. I don't understand it. I know, And I know... I Idan, Iden. Again, I forget. It's bad too because it's like, yeah, you nailed my name, and it's like now I now I forgot what it was. But the owner, the the owner thing is becoming one of those things that's driving me nuts. And again, it, it all just comes back to all the negativity toward the Packers, and they just got to find some reason. Well, it's because Murphy's an idiot, and uh, he said those those words. And if he if, if he was an owner, he would never done anything stupid. Like again, it just comes back to if anybody was actually paying attention to anything other than the Packers. Nobody would be saying this. Have you ever looked once at Washington? Ever. Have you ever looked at Detroit? Have you ever looked at Chicago? Have you ever looked at Cincinnati? Jacksonville. How much of what Jacksonville is doing is about flash and flair and just, like, trying to draw up attention? They go out and get the flashy coach. They go out and get Tim Tebow. Obviously, they get the flashy quarterback, but that happens to be the best guy available also. But it's all just about flash and pizzazz. We just want people to care about us again. We just want to be interesting again. And if you can't be good, then just get really flashy names to come in here and play. I don't understand why that's a benefit. What 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 doesn't? Why does some billionaire that doesn't know anything about football, buying a football team help us? What does that help us do? There's a salary cap. It's not like this, this rich billionaire is going to infuse money into the team. The Packers are, are, are flush with cash. They have a great team. They sell tons of jerseys. They get tons of revenue. They're doing just fine. Again, I'm not. I'm not pointing out anybody in particular. It's mostly the the media and a, and a lot of the negative fans who just want another thing to hate about the the team that they pretend to like. But I just I don't get it. What what is the one thing that they can do for the Packers that's going to be a good thing, right? Let's say Bill Gates bought the Packers. How does that help us? How does that help us? What does that do for us? Nothing. Bill Gates couldn't care any less about this team. Why he would buy it, I don't know. But he's going to come in. He turns out he's a Packer fan. He just wants some uh, trophy. And again, that's what a lot of this is for a lot of these guys. They're trophies. Like, oh, dude, you got a private jet? Cool. I got a football team. What up now, son? That has nothing. They don't care. And yeah, some of these teams are very, very good. And and obviously, they care to some degree. But it's a bad idea. We have a guy that is very good at the business of football, that's been in the business of football since he's been, like, I don't know, at least college, and his only job is to make sure the Packers are a very good football team. That's it. A football guy is being paid to ensure that the Green Bay Packers are a great football team. He doesn't have separate interests. He doesn't have um, political allies. He's not trying to win favor from people to help out his business. His business is the Green Bay Packers, and that's it. I don't, you know, maybe you don't like him. Maybe there's somebody else that could do a better job. I don't know who, but I don't get the owner thing. I don't want an owner. I want somebody who is salaried and paid well, and their only job is to make sure the Packers are very, very good. Not an owner. Do not want an owner. Don't understand the reasoning behind somebody wanting an owner. Give me a re What is one good thing about an owner that the Packers can't do? What are the Packers missing? You want somebody to come in and be all flashy and pizzazz? Because that's what I thought you guys hated about Mark Murphy. All he he cares about is title town. All he cares about is making the city look good and blah, 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 blah. So that's not it. You want some billionaire to come in and just passionately care about the Green Bay Packers. And again, I'm not like anti-wealth or anything, but but the point is it just it's listen, from my perspective, if I was in charge of the Packers, this would be the biggest thing ever, right? If I was put in charge of a restaurant, it would be like this is a massive entity in front of me that I am now in control of. It when you're when you're as big as somebody who owns a multi-trillion dollar company, for example, the Packers become minor I don't want somebody who sees the Packers as like a thing, like a, one of many things that I do, because I'm just a baller and I just run trillion dollar companies in my sleep. I don't want Elon Musk, right? I don't want him Tesla-ing up the Green Bay Packers. I'm given, given uh, the, you know the set of game balls, we're giving away Teslas, and, and Lambeau Field is now Tesla Stadium, and Tesla is all over the place. Because why? Because his interest is Tesla. And and SpaceX and everything else that he's got going on. PayPal. I don't know if he's still a part of that or not. Why is that so interesting to people? Why do people care about that? Why are you interested in that? And again, I really think it just comes down to people trying to find excuses for why the Packers are so horrible, which of course they're not, but it's just people are weird. Jerry says, predictions for Jones and AJ Dylan. Jones picks up where he left off regardless of quarterback. Does Dylan over and above Williams? Does Dylan go over and above Williams totals? Who picks up the blocking Williams took care of? Will other backs get much of a look with that combo? All fantastic questions, and it's the biggest reason it's a fantastic question is I just want to sit here and daydream about it all day. All of these things get me excited. So as far as predictions, um, I think it's going to be a, a dynamic duo. I, re, I, I mean, it's a boring prediction, and I think most people agree, but I just do. And I think even people outside of Green Bay look at it and go, yeah, that's going to be pretty good. Maybe not as optimistic as we are, but I think most people look at that and go, that's going to be pretty scary. Uh, Does Jones pick up where he left off regardless of quarterback? I think so. Obviously, Aaron Rodgers is... um, You assume that he's going to make defenses focus more on the pass. But I also think the Packers are built to constantly keep you off balance. I think they have slowly built toward the run. As I said they would, they went a much higher percentage of run in year two than year one. And I think that that continues. And I think if uh, Rodgers doesn't come back, then that becomes an even bigger focal point of the offense. So... In other words, as things start to regress, in other words, um, Rodgers leaving hurts the run game, I think other things are improving on the back end, especially if we're talking two running back sets where you got uh, Dylan and Jones on the field at the same time. That keeps defenses off balance in a different way. Who picks up the blocking that Williams took care of? I mean, it's just, if you're a running back on the field and not a passing play, you got to do it. So it's, it's just kind of whoever's out there. I know Williams was credited as being a very good blocking running back, but Aaron Jones, I think, is every bit as good. Um, And everybody else that's going to be out there has to be able to block. And really, that's going to be a big hindrance. If you want to know who's going to be out there and what the percentages are, you got to ask the question, how good are they at the other things outside of running? How well can you block? How well can you run routes? How well can you catch? All that kind of stuff. If you can't do those things, I don't care how good of a runner you are, you're not going to be out there very much. And finally, are the other backs going to be out there? I, I think that the Packers want to get as many looks as possible, but again, it just comes down to readiness. Can Dexter do those things? Can he catch passes? I mean, we know he's real quick to the outside. Is he going to be able to stand in and block? Is he going to be able to run routes and catch passes? Kylan, same question. If they can do that, I think you're going to see a lot of, of, of that number three guy. Zach says, ESP, real or not? No, it's not. You should go uh, check out the amazing Randy. Don't argue with me. Just go check out the amazing Randy. The, the pro- and i know you're just kind of being goofy or whatever—but let's let's. I, I can't not uh, really delve into this. The problem with all that stuff, any kind of magic or whatever being real, it's super easy to prove, and none of them can prove it. Right? It's so easy to be able to prove that you actually can do that stuff. So for those that don't know, ESP. When I had to Google it, stands for extrasensory perception. In other words, you can just sense things, right? You can read minds whatever. And so, you know, it's easy to set up tests for these things and prove whether or not you can do it or not. And that's basically what the amazing Randy did. He's a magician, very, very good magician, that um, understood that, similar to Penn & Teller, um, magic is a trick. It's a fun little hobby or whatever. And some people like to trick people and scam people by making them believe that magic is real, and um, it's not. And so he set out to prove, as a magician, having a very good insight into how magicians do tricks, proving that these guys who were doing tricks and lying to people, he was very good at setting up tests to say, okay, if you're actually doing this, you should be able to do it in these conditions and it'll be fine, and none of them could do it ever. Because it's fake, and uh, as adults, we should know that it's fake. Anyways, I feel like that's a good way to end this. Telepathy and whatnot. It's very good to be back, and i um, excited to get back at this and continue working on The Office and getting rid of this echo and all that stuff. It's going to be fun. Going to have a great year. Folks, have yourselves a good night. I'll talk to you tomorrow. Bye-bye.